Podcasting to millions from WebmasterRadio.fm's world headquarters in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Welcome to Rainmaker. Rainmaker. Hosted by the founders of Webmaster Radio, Taryn Pappen, also known as Essie Guru, and his beautiful co-host, Brandy Shapiro Babin. Brandy. From their persistent work ethic to their personal accomplishments, Darren and Brandy bring you candid, no-holds-barred interviews and commentary with guests that exhibit inspiration, dedication to their craft, and leave an indelible mark on their path to success. And now, Webmaster Radio presents a program that is truly the destination for education and entertainment. This is Rainmaker. Well, hello, everybody. I want to welcome you to this Thursday, June the 4th edition of Rainmaker. My name is Darren Babin, and I am joined by my beautiful and lovely partner, Brandy Shapiro Babin. How are you, baby? How are you? I'm doing great. I know. I love you. You always stun me when you say that, and the opener always floors me. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm going to get even with someone Truth be known, truth be known, she's actually going on 48 hours plus no sleep. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, I have insomnia (laughs) several times a year. That'll be like the disclaimer for the show. I'll either be really great or a little off my rocker. Um, Yeah. But, you know, uh, Brasco's laughing. But nobody's home. Wouldn't that be nice? You just sit around glazed and dazed. Absolutely. Regress into my own mind, my own little fantasy world? Well, I think sometimes people tend to do that, and uh, if they do, uh, that may... I I don't know. We'll have to to ask uh, our guests. That that might be a fatal business error. (laughs) You think? (laughs) (laughs) It might be. I don't know. Uh, so but, let, so we've got some important dates coming up. We do, we we do, we do. Before we dive in, we we we, we do. We need to first of all honor ourselves. We will because um, as of Saturday, we will have been married six years. That's right. Now we have six chosen years. to celebrate yeah. the sixth as our marriage date. Although, w- w- how many times have we actually been married? I don't know. We've been married like four times. Three, four times. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so almost every day is a celebration for us, which is exciting. Um, and of course, we've got affiliate convention coming up in Denver, June seventeenth through twentieth. If you haven't already done so, go ahead. Oh goodness, <laughs> go ahead and sign up. Uh, really, really great. We've got a great uh, lineup. S- lineup. Thanks. <laughs> There's that 48 hours. There's the out. hamster slipping the wheel. You know, we've got we've got a great lineup of speakers. We've got Dan Boberg, Vice President uh, Advertising Solutions for Yahoo. Uh, Mac, Mark Barish is a CMO over at Marin Software. We have Marriott, the Marketing Manager, uh, Lena Wong from Marriott. Um, a bunch of just really cool and exciting people talking about everything important, helping you to meet and exceed your goals with your affiliate marketing campaigns. And then, of course, we've got great social activities. And, you know, Denver in June is it's awesome. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you know what? We'll, uh, you Ma- get drunker faster. Mile high microbrews. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm contagious. Mile high microbrews. I, I can't wait for it. Uh, all right. So let's let's shift gears. I, you know, I got to say our, our producer, Brasco, has been really excited ab- about this for some reason. I don't I don't know what this is all about. But, I, but, I like uh, to throw a curveball. You like there. to throw a curveball. Okay. All right. Well, he's, he's throwing a curveball at us, he says. Uh, so let's, fi- let's figure out what the heck he's talking about. 
uh, on, on the on the show today, uh, we've got Jim Mulhausen um, of CEO Focus. And Jim's been a business owner since he was nine years old. And I'm going to start right there. <laughs> Pot him up. Jim, how are you? Welcome to the show. I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem. Not a problem. I, I got to say, you know... I, as I read through this bio, there is definitely a ton of tongue-in-cheek here, and um, that has to be some sort of indicator here of what Bras- Brasco is talking about. Um, you you have a focus on CEOs and a focus on coaching people um, in their focus regarding uh, running their businesses and and their small businesses, what have you. Um, get, tell us if you uh, if you would a little bit about how you got into this. He was precocious. Absolutely. Always, even at nine, I was precocious. <laughs> yes. but, <laughs> try to dial that down. Yeah. At fifty. Uh, how I got into this business was I owned a manufacturing company, and it was in the automotive aftermarket, and we did okay. You know, we were in Inc. Magazine on one of those lists that they do for fast-growing companies, and lots of things were going well, but I really felt like the level of success that I was achieving was not commensurate with the effort Mm. that I was putting forth. Okay, and what does that mean? In layman's terms, uh, everyone has a different I orientation. It's hard to make a big pile of money. <laughs> okay, there you go. okay. So let's talk. I mean, because we're all about that, you know, work smart, not hard mindset. So, what? Where did you find your your deficiencies were? How long do we have? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Was, all right. That was a good comeback. I, Listen, I, did, you, I, did you not hear? I, I, I am a very typical entrepreneur and most entrepreneurs are fiercely independent it's why we're entrepreneurs and that fierce independence in my case led to a lot of reinventing of the wheel i was very young when i started in business i actually started a business a real one uh, not cleaning my neighbor's window wells or right. shoveling driveways right. or you know whatever you do when you're nine uh, but effectively i was 22 when i had my first real business and i actually had to beg the franchise or to sell it to me not the other way around it was mine key, yes like, i have my check won't you mm-hmm. take it no not so fast there you little whippersnapper <laughs> let's, let's talk a little bit here yeah. Which and was i great. did very well in that business mm-hmm. I, I did very well and so I'm looking at what I'm doing and saying the level of success that I expected was coming slower and harder. And I I have a little saying that as soon as you start a business, you're automatically enrolled in the school of hard knocks. Okay. Okay, yeah. And so you learn, it's like finding your keys. The answer is always in the last place you look, not the first place you look. Right, that's true. I actually had to process that for a second, but okay. (laughs) Right, and effectively what happens is is you you tend to learn things slowly and expensively because you're very isolated from information that could be helpful. You know, that that fierce independence that most entrepreneurs are has them effectively alone on their own little island not getting outside input, and that was one of the big things that joining a CEO group did for me was it got me outside input. Now, I I, got to ask... um, you know, based on you know you joining a CEO group and, and seeking input, I would imagine that that um, you know over over the course of doing this, you've heard a lot of common denominators. What would you say is one of the biggest 
for entrepreneurs. Yeah, 51, 51 common denominators. 51. <laughs> yeah, the 51 fatal business errors. Yeah, that's exactly why I wrote the book, is that, you know, you start with the things that you did that you go, gosh, I wish I wouldn't have done that. You know, I wish I would have learned, you know, uh, hire slowly, fire quickly, not hire quickly, fire slowly. Amen, yeah. brother. I'm with you on that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know what, there's, a, there's an old saying in business that never in the history of business has anyone said, gosh, I fired them too soon. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when it's hard, it's, you know, it's sort of like the stock market. You know, it goes up, it goes down. You want to give people a fair chance, you know, especially, you know, if you're if you're not a huge entity, you know, um, you try to create maybe like a family type atmosphere. Hold, hold on, Jim, are you, are, you, are you hearing any any uh, business errors here? <laughs> yeah. Errors, you mean like errors yeah, but and, errors, errors yeah. in judgment. Well, that's kind of a yeah, but you know, you know why we hang on to them too long. I'll, I'll, I'll cut you off. Sure. It, mm-hmm. The reason that we hang on to them too long is because we're guilty. It's our fault. We probably hired the wrong person. It's our fault that they're not succeeding. We probably haven't trained them well. We probably have not set them up for success, and it's our fault, not theirs. And we know it deep down. And so now I don't want to have to punish you, i.e., fire you, because I screwed up and hired the wrong person. Amen. Amen. So let's go take that next step because you mentioned something very important. Taking time to train people and set up processes. Correct. And now, of course, is a very good time to do that. Most people have extra time on their hands these days. <laughs> yeah, right? Not running around busy making money like we were. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of extra time, and it's a great time to systematize your business. It's a great time to create training systems. And a training really plugs into hiring, that they go hand in hand, that if we want to hire great people, great people are like cream rising to the top. If a business owner thinks about the couple of great people that they have, it's probably some kid you hired to sweep the floor. Yeah. You know, that it might not be someone that you stole from your competitors. It's going to be someone that just had a high degree of aptitude. And so I'm a big fan of not hiring your competitors' rejects and hiring people with aptitude instead, which requires some testing and some process. And then once we do that, what we want to do is we want to train them effectively. And then we get inexpensive, terrific people. Now, I got to say, I, 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 I myself have been guilty of the, you know, hiring employees from competitors. Um, not me. It, it sounds like a fairly common mistake. Not me. I never poach. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm a non-poaching person. Thank you. Okay, well, let's say hiring them after they've left. (laughs) How common is that? How commonplace? It's very common, and I don't have a problem with hiring people from competitors, especially in the IT world. It's much more common than it is in other places. But I always use an example of someone that, let's say, runs a payables department of a chemical distributor. And so this gal that's been with me for six years leaves uh, to move to Phoenix or something. And now, of course, my department's a mess because I don't have it systematized. The system is Mary and Mary now leaves, and my system goes with her to Phoenix. And so what I want to do is I don't want to have to start all over. I want to plug someone in that already knows how to do it. That is, they're already trained. Where do I find those? I find them at my competitors. Yeah, Right, which makes sense. Or from in a sales perspective, a lot of times people look for someone that has a large book of business that they can bring with them. That's one of the exceptions that mm-hmm. I'll tolerate. Right. I call that a Rolodex. That effectively, right. if you bring a Rolodex and a relationship is required to sell, stop spending, you know, you don't want to spend 10 years paying someone to develop a Rolodex. Just buy it. Right. It's always right. way more expensive than anybody wants to pay is the problem. Right. Right. But if it's plug and play. How much? Oh. Yeah. 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 So, what, so what, what else do people do? Because, I mean, it's interesting. You say, you know, it, uh, entrepreneurs are, are, you know, normally very independent. What is it? Because I... I when I when I read your story, 
and you know you went out and you got the money as a young kid and you know you went to Meineke and you talked to the head because I'm a big firm believer it's easy to fall down a flight of stairs and it is to crawl back up you know you went to the head of Meineke and said sir give me a franchise um, and then you went out and you made all of these great sales how did you maintain that you know because it seems to me that you would be one of those people that would create a big mess in a positive way but then need other people from a support standpoint to sort of keep you focused and on track how did you get through that a little bit of a constant battle. I mean, you know, those those that uh, create might not be detail-oriented. You know, I remember taking a personality profile, which is a great way to use for, for hiring, and I came out very low on this one quadrant, and it's the law and accounting quadrant, effectively, the detail orientation. And I had this epiphany, you know, I'm five years out of law school at the time, and I say, oh, no wonder why I didn't want to do that. I'm not wired that way. Just because I can do it doesn't mean I should. Absolutely. And there's a lot of that in a small business. I mean, there's only one person that can do a lot of things. I lovingly call it the dog collar, that there are some things that are low frequency that you really just can't delegate. For instance, a lot of small businesses take their checks to the bank. Right. And, you know, the, the conventional wisdom would be, oh, that's ridiculous. That's $5 an hour work. Why would you run the checks to the bank? Well, you know what? It usually ends up being a coffee break, a mental sanity break. You're protecting your money. There's a lot of little things that go with it. And what does it really add up to over the course of a year? A couple of hours? Okay. We're not going to delegate that. We're just going to put on the dog collar and do that work that is non-delegable. And there's a lot of that for CEOs. The trick is to mitigate as much of it as you can. And it's never just as simple as delegation. I can't just push the pile of papers over to you and say, you do it, I'm not going to. That's abdication. Yeah. Yeah, but that sounds good to me. <laughs> yeah, you from the boss's perspective, it's yeah. great. It takes 10 seconds. You figure this out. You yeah. put this puzzle together. Let's do this, guys. we got to pay, uh, pay some bills here. Folks, the book, 51 Business Errors and How to Avoid Them. Uh, you can find it uh, and more information about it at www.51errors.com. Uh, and you can also get more um, in-depth information uh, regarding Jim and C- his CEO coaching over at www.ceofocus.com. Uh, and, of course, you can find the book at Amazon and uh, various other related book websites as well. I'm sure it's on the shelf as well. Uh, folks, stay with us. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about some of the other very, um, how would I put it, frustrating common errors that uh, small business owners make. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Sit tight and don't move. Rainmaker. We'll be back after this short break. Hey, have you got the number for Jerry's Pizza? Look it up on LocalPages.com. LocalPages.com or what if I wanted a business number in Miami? LocalPages.com. Can people find your business online? Be seen with LocalPages.com on every local listing in all the major search engines like Google, Yahoo, MSN, and Ask. With over 6 billion quality searches a month and bids starting as low as one cent, get connected with local consumers at the exact moment that they're looking for you. San Francisco, Green Bay, London. I told you. LocalPages.com. List your business on LocalPages.com now and get $100 in free local advertising. LocalPages.com, bringing your neighborhood to you. This is a test of the PR Web content and news delivery system from PR Web and PRWebOffer.com. If this was a real release date, your story would reach more than 30,000 journalists, 250,000 RSS subscribers, and just over 30,000 unique websites. PR Web can reach your target audience online, drive traffic to your website, achieve high rankings on search engines, and get your content on top. 
top news sites like Yahoo News. Editors are available 24-7 to help you optimize your content for maximum exposure to over 70 million people in the U.S. alone. If this were a real PR web release date, your website would have so much traffic, you'd be tempted to duck and cover. If you have an online marketing emergency, go to PRWebOffer.com for 25% off. PRWeb, the premier online release news and content distribution service. XYZ, affiliate market. Are you an affiliate? If yes, deal, pay me. No if, ands, or maybe. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the click into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Because this is what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Even from a good state of the art tracking. Ready to start? You can do it a couple ways. 866-XY7-PAYS. It's toll free. Tell me what you waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. It's time to get fired up. Fired Up is a show that delivers both business impact and social importance. Get ready to explore the connection between communications and human motivation. Our guests will share ideas on how to create higher returns on your communication investments by engaging the people who matter most. Fired Up with Gordon Rudo, Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. You're listening to Rainmaker, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Well, that's right, everybody. I want to welcome you back to this Thursday, June the 4th edition of Rainmaker. My name is Darren Babin, and I am joined by my beautiful co-hostess, Brandy Shapiro Babin. And we are talking today about the 51 fatal business errors that uh, and how to avoid them. And I got to tell you, <laughs> I'm finding uh, I'm finding some interesting common denominators in here. J- Jim, let's talk a little bit about the the whole work smarter, not harder uh, angle. Um, what are some of the other things that that you know entrepreneurs and small business owners can do to mitigate some of these errors that that they're making? Well, if you haven't figured it out yet, I'm a contrarian by nature, so this one may surprise you, but keep in mind that I'm a contrarian. Sure. Uh, I have found that the most effective managers and leaders are two things, lazy and insistent on what they want. Okay. Uh, expound, please. I mean, <laughs> well, I, I, I potentially fit that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it, it, you, don't, you don't find too many people in the management consulting world that advocate laziness, but I'm one of them, or maybe I'm the one. But effectively, I think that what holds every single person back, and I'm always on all of these lists, I'm not unguilty of any of these errors. I've made, you know, I've started by making every one of them myself. The point is, do you make them more than once? You can make an error once. The, the problem is making it twice or three times. Right. But... What happens is we, have, we all have a glass ceiling of what we're tolerate. If I lose my income tomorrow, I'm not going to run down to waste management and apply to take out trash for a living. Correct. That's effectively, I see that as beneath me intellectually. Really? Well, there's okay, this so, so we great have to throw scale this of the stuff in our business that's the same way. Is 
uh, doing the bookkeeping beneath me is calling on a non-stellar customer beneath my pay grade, if you will. And I think that we all set our pay grade significantly lower than it could be. Okay. But all right, so let me ask you a question. Do you think it's lazy? And it's interesting. I was just actually having a conversation with someone today about tolerance levels because what works, what's okay for you may not be okay for me. You know, everyone everyone has different, um, you know, tolerance levels. But is it, do you consider that, bit, you know, ugh, so sorry. My hamster, <laughs> hamster keeps slipping the wheel. The wheel. Yeah. Terrific. Um, would you consider it that it's beneath someone or it's just not something that people like to do? You know, or people. I you don't know. know that it's worth splitting hairs on the difference, as yeah, long as the, well. the outcome is correct. Yeah, I know that beneath them sounds it has a bad connotation to it, so I apologize. It's not meant to have a bad connotation, but effectively, if I am willing, I see it all the time. The owner's willing to get in there and grab a shovel and move the dirt, if you will, mm-hmm. and that means that they're not doing something else. And the thing right. that they're not mm-hmm. doing is worth a lot more money than moving that pile of dirt is. You know, it's that whole, what, urgent and important, that just because something is screaming at you doesn't mean that you should be the one that does it. You have to say, why did my organization fail to get this done without my direct input? You know, the best CEO does virtually nothing. Okay, so let's talk about that. How do you get to nothing? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a great place to be. I I have a personal friend that makes a million dollars a year and maybe works two days a week. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. I'll call that nothing. I'll call that nothing. Yeah, okay, so let's get to nothing. How do we get to nothing? Yeah. Well, the first thing that you have to do is have a great business model. Well, that's going to be my next book. But I always say there's no silver bullet in business. That there's no, you know, everyone's always looking for that. Well, just tell me the one thing that'll make my business great. Sure. Well, unfortunately, it's not one thing. It's a hundred little things and three big things and maybe some other stuff that are going to change a business around. But the closest thing I've found to a silver bullet is the business model. And the business model is how you acquire, attract, and retain your clients. And even in the SEO world, there are people doing it differently. There's people doing arbitrage, and there's flat rate fees, and there's people that just want to sell their time. And by the way, selling your time for money is the worst business model. Okay, Because there's only so much time. If you have a great business model, you're much more likely to be successful than Mm -hmm. if you do not. Sure. Okay. Okay. So, all right. So, let's let's say we've got a good business model. What comes next? Okay. Well, then what we need to do is make sure that we are always pushing the key drivers. For instance, I want to always manage from a dashboard that will create some KPIs, some key performance indicators of what really drives the bottom line. There's, there's almost no need to look at financial statements if you're properly managing your dashboard, your, your KPIs, that is, whether it be utilization percentage or a sales pipeline. Every business is different. There's hundreds of potential KPIs. But I can't afford to run a business on 30-day-old stale accounting data. Right. Sounds like uh, an an avid Salesforce user, no? Well, I think that sale, you know, ultimately a good top line takes care of a lot of problems. Right. Some some sort of. Keep in mind that I have a I have a bean counting degree, so you know I can I can play bean (laughs) counter if I need to. Yeah. Uh, And I, I I like to not, but eventually you realize that good sales cures a lot of problems that good accounting does not. Sure. Oh, absolutely. Okay. So now you've got your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the office. How do, how do you take, like, let's say, um, how do you pull your, your company together in such a way that everyone works? Um, as, as a cohesive, well oiled yeah. machine. Yeah. And when do you well, need to know how to lob a cancer you. off? <laughs> <laughs> right. A, a cultural cancer. Sure. Right. 
effectively. Yes. And, and everyone has. Everyone has some of that, but effectively what we're talking about is creating culture, and that's one of those five or six really important jobs that the CEO does. You know, the best CEO does a whole bunch of indirect stuff and nothing direct. And, and sometimes it's really frustrating. I talk to clients that make seven figures and go, I'm really kind of down in the dumps because I have no idea what I did this week. You know, they can't put your finger. You know, there's something to be said about moving that pile of dirt because you can see it be done right, it's when you've completed the task. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And being a CEO, you can't see what you're doing. Uh, one of the most important jobs a CEO can do is be what I call the standard bearer. Yeah. Who says the level of customer service that we're going to give? Who says the way we're going to treat our people, our vendors, our customers? Who sets that bar and makes sure that we clear it as a company? Well, that's the CEO's job. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. Okay. A lot of people don't do it, though. That right. they just forget, you know, they're too busy doing the work, and so they don't do that. But that's a great job if you have a good business model because it pays about two hundred and fifty grand and takes an hour a week. I like those jobs. Yeah, yeah they're good. beautiful. I mean, and let me ask you a question: Is it about? I mean, because for and I'll just speak for myself personally, um, and maybe it's because I just don't know any better. But I enjoy working. Do I work too much? Absolutely, but I do enjoy working, and I think that if I had a job that only quote unquote took me, you know, I only had to work a day or two a week, I don't think I would find that truly fulfilling. Yeah is there is there an easy way to determine the separation uh, between church and state when you're a small business owner and entrepreneur? It's you know it's your own business. Yeah, uh, I, you know I know a lot of people listening to this. Um, you know they work they work from home. Um, how how you know how do you how do you make that differentiation and separation? I think it's very difficult. That's one of those really tough issues. Uh, as a guy who travels a lot, and that's a, akin to working at home. You know, you're always you know working on a laptop, sitting in the front seat of a car or something. Sure. And it's you know it's kind of feel like a man without a country sometimes, <laughs> without with, without the office to, right. to create that physical separation. I am a huge fan of creating positive traps that will fix some of those dynamics. I'm a, I'm the kind of person that never studied well in my room, never worked well at home, and so I get out. Absolutely. Good for you. Okay, so that's you, what I do to separate to separate the church and state. And I've, you know, I've got two teenage daughters and a wife that I've been married to for twenty three years, and I'd like to stay married. So they probably <laughs> need to not be around me while I'm working because they may kill me. No, which is great. So you you've got your your own built in uh, governor, if you will, which is which is nice. And you also, I think it's what I heard you also say is sort of being honest with yourself enough to know yourself and know when you need to take a step back and what you need to do to refresh yourself. Like sometimes people get so caught up in what they're doing and what they need to do is they're not saying, you know, they're not realizing, go for a five minute walk, you know, go out sailing today, you know, whatever it is that makes you happy, that'll allow you to sort of regroup, recharge and take on the next day the way that you need to to achieve. I kind of like this. Well, the best thing that we can do to be effective, in in my opinion, is positive traps. And here's the easiest positive trap that I can think of. We've all experienced when we're going on vacation tomorrow. You know, I'm going to Tahiti for a week. Tomorrow at five o'clock. Can we go with you? And so how's my how? Well, I'm not going. No, let's go to Saint Park. But, then let's go to Saint Park. Let's say that I am. Let's say that I am. Okay. It's too long how's my productivity tomorrow when I'm on my way out the door in eight hours for a week long vacation versus some random Friday two or three weeks ago? Oh right, yeah, you're jamming and slamming, baby. Right, because I have this positive trap called I'm going to be gone for right. a week and I better get her all done. And I think that what we're very guilty of, 
as entrepreneurs because we're very hardworking as a group, and there's always an infinite supply of work. Maybe it's, maybe it's only me, but I feel like there's always this giant list of stuff that I never get to. Amen. And, and for me, and it's I the housekeeping stuff. most entrepreneurs stuff. feel the same way. Right. Sure. Right. Well, so how do you quit? Well, there, there's 38 things that I didn't do. How do I give myself permission to quit? Well, I think that we're working on the wrong end of the horse. We say, I'll stop working when I accomplish this. And I think it works better the other way around. That, that will create a positive trap and basically take the time off or carve out the time first. Yeah. And then we'll find a way to get the work done. Because I have found that, that good, strong, successful entrepreneurs always find a way to succeed. You know what? And, and I agree with you. Like that, I really agree with. That's true. And I'm a horrible, horrible offender of... Because, because you're right. When, you, when you're in a situation where you know you're going to take time off, you manage to get everything done that you need to, but it's giving yourself that permission to take the time off. And that's, it's not an admirable quality. Yeah, I've done some crazy things in group where I've been thinking of a guy in particular that had always wanted to take his wife to Italy and kept on not doing it. And he had a very nice business, a very successful business. And he kept on not doing because he's a typical hardworking entrepreneur. And so, literally, we still, you know, it's, it's nothing better than getting 12 entrepreneurs in a room because they can create a ton of accountability for each other. And we made him promise that he would take his wife to Italy if certain things happened. And they were business objectives. Sure. You know, I want to grow to this level. I want to make this profit, et cetera. So it was all good. And you could certainly fund this $25,000 trip to Italy out of the profits that were made in addition to just by accomplishing the goal. That effectively is built in. Mm-hmm. And we actually made him write one of the other members a $25,000 check dated a year from then. Oh, rock on. So basically, if you if you break your promise, I'm going to cash your check. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's what we call a positive trap. <laughs> yeah, That's no, great. which is, you know what, but that is great. And I'll tell you, though, we, we went to, our producer's giving us crap about something, but I'll, but I'll <laughs> mention this. Um, I, I took a month off last last year, and it was very hard for me to do that and I said to myself if my business fails by me not being there for a month then it's not a good business model I, I don't have good employees and I should have known better absolutely so you know I think those are very word you know it, I think that's also another good test and measure of the validity of a company and the validity of, of the staff that you have if you can take a step back and the, you know and, and not be so um um, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, so pompous as to think that, you know, your presence is the only presence that's going to keep the company running. Like, you have to have a great staff that you can count on and have a great business model. And guess what? You can duck out, get yourself refreshed, do what you need to do, and your business is going to continue to grow and flourish. Absolutely. Absolutely. Jim, we've got time for, for one more question here. I, I want to I, I find out um, if you had one thing to tell um, to us. tell CEOs, <laughs> yeah, to tell us, yeah. If you got one thing to tell CEOs, you know, you, you you've done a ton of these CEO trainings, thousands of them. Um, if you had one thing to say to these guys, gals, what what would that be? The 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 one, just one, not fifty one, just one. Absolutely. If you are not working on improving your business model, you're not working. Uh, okay, can you expand on that, please? 
Well, you only gave me one sentence, so I have to do one. But then... <laughs> no, he did. Okay. I'm, I'm giving you, I'm giving yeah, you the floor, I know, baby. I know the rules. You can tell me to break the yeah, rules, right? I can't break them. So now I'll break them. Okay. That, that's, that's the way we'll do it. Effectively, I think a lot of business owners, think about, uh, let, let's pick on the travel agency business. You know, 15 years ago, there was all these retail travel agencies. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are gone now because they stuck to a business model that was failing. And in fact, all business models do in fact fail unaltered. That's kind of depressing when you really think about it. But I promise you, think about it once I'm off. It's true. All business models fail. Look at Blockbuster, 80% market share 10 years ago. Now they're practically out of business. And they didn't adapt. And if they they had adapted, they would have kept the market share if they had gone online before, you know, other people, you know, other companies. So agreed, 100%. Yeah, and it's not and it's not even just as simple as the SIC code, like travel agency. But I think that we are such hard workers as business owners that what we do is we see ourselves as trapped, and our answer to everything is working harder. Right. And so I'm going to be in this business, and I'm just going to work harder, and that's going to solve the problem. And when I'm doing my research on these business models, I have found that hard work does not necessarily equal success. I'm sure you've seen the people. What's that guy with uh, plenty of fish? Yeah, oh, Marcus, Marcus Friend. Friend. Ten million dollars a year, and he's twenty-five years old, and he claims to work ten hours a week a or something older, very, yeah. less yeah. than I work. Yeah. Right, less right, than right. I work, and makes more money than me. Right. That's an awfully good business. There is the power of a great business model, and I guarantee you, he's probably making more mistakes running that business than you and I are because he has the luxury to make those mistakes. Sure. And that's what a good business model provides you. But for instance, uh, we have a, a client in Colorado that is in the home remodeling business, and that's a tough place to be. And he stumbled onto an advertising method, and he's literally going to ditch construction and go into selling this advertising methodology. Wow. So I've seen a lot of people that wrote software. You know, we, uh, in fact, I, had a, I was a rebuilder, and this guy had an engine rebuilding company, which is an okay business. And he wrote a piece of software and realized, you know what, software is a lot better business model than engine rebuilding. He's not an engine rebuilder anymore. He's a software company. Right. Right. Wow. Right. And, and follow your passion as well. Jim, we are going to have to have you back on, obviously. There's, there's, there, I mean, we, I think we've just barely scratched the surface here. Um, folks, the book, it's called The 51 Fatal Business Errors and How to Avoid Them. You can run right out uh, uh, or jump online since you're right there at your, your computer. Jump online, uh, barnesandnoble.com. Uh, Amazon.com and any other online bookstores, I'm sure you will find this book stocked. Jim, I want to thank you for taking the time to come on uh, and and hang with us uh, this evening. Jim Muehlhausen, everybody, from CEO Focus. Thanks, Darren. Thanks, Brandy. And hey, I know you guys are based in Florida. I'm actually going to be down in your neck of the woods on Tuesday, on the 9th. Oh, talking to entrepreneurs, I can usually squeeze a couple of sponsor tickets. If anybody wants to go to my website, 51 Airs, just fill out the form and I'll see if I can get you a sponsor ticket Tuesday, 8 o'clock, Airport Sheridan in Fort Lauderdale. 8 a.m. or p.m.? 8 a.m. <laughs> does, does that complimentary ticket come with a hotel room as well? <laughs> I, I take it you're not morning people. Is that the message I'm receiving? Exactly. Loud, you know. loud and clear, but it's I am inspired, I whole, have to say. It's a whole entertainment thing, you know. Yeah, no, no. We'll, 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 we'll be I hear, I'm not a morning person either, but I will be up bright and early that day because it's important stuff. So no, there'll be about I will, 100 I will local show. CEOs there. It's a great event, a, a lot of fun, and we'll go uh, much deeper on about 10 of these airs and, uh, and really have a fun time with some of the local CEOs. 
studios down there. Yeah, Absolutely. no, that's great. You know what? We'll we'll show up. Absolutely. And you know what? You've inspired me to go home tonight, not work, and watch the Tonys. There you go. Because I was going to tape the Tonys and watch it at a later point. But now I'm going to take my two business calls that I need to do after this, and I am peace out and watching the Tonys tonight. There you go. You, you, and maybe some bed might be a good idea in there somewhere. There you too. go. <laughs> you know, I, 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 yeah. I need someone gonna to... going to try to set a world record for staying up. Uh, it's not even a want. I mean, this is ridiculous. Yeah, it's, it's a bad joke at this point. It's a bad joke. I, I, I basically am like one of those little wind-up dolls. I'm just waiting for my little motor to, to stop going. <laughs> or either that or someone to shoot me with a dart gun. And we're, 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 we're going we're to help uh, put her put her down a little later and <laughs> let her get some sleep. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Get her done, put her down, whatever. (laughs) All right, folks, head on over to CEOFocus.com. Jim Muehlhausen, like like he said, go fill out the form. If you're down here in South Florida, make sure that you go fill out the form. Maybe you can slide on in and be a part of uh, the event this next Tuesday. Jim, thanks again for coming on. Thanks. Thanks so much, Darren and Brandy. I appreciate it. We appreciate you, and thank you for graciously extending uh, invitations to our listening audience. Oh, absolutely. All righty. Talk to you later, Jim. There you have it, folks. Jim Muehlhausen of CEO Focus. uh, Thanks, Brasco. Now I have to be up at seven o'clock in the morning because how you know how can we now not show up? I Uh, think it'll actually be really interesting. Well, you you said we were showing up. I was going to ask you if you had a mouse in your pocket. I, I think I have something to do that morning. You probably do, but I, I'll, I'll go. You, on the other hand. I, on the other hand, will show up, because <laughs> I'm just that kind I, of person. I'm, 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 I probably I'm, will be sleeping at the Hilton the night before. Yeah, right. But, uh, uh, yeah, folks, this sounds like a very, very interesting book, 51errors.com. Lord knows, um, you know, I, I, as I sat here and listened to this, I, I know I identified with some of these things, and I'm sure that... Uh, if you guys run your own businesses out there, I'm sure you probably identified with some of that as well. Uh, and it just—it so- sounds like good, you know, straightforward. We all can tend to get at what is it? The only—I think the only thing I ever agreed with Freud. He said every was it Freud who said um, people get caught up in the complexity and ambiguity of things when everything is actually very simple. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. <laughs> There went the hamster again. The hamster. She finished the statement, <laughs> no, and it I, went flying no, right I, off the end of that's the... That's crazy. But I mean, but, but truly, I think... Smacked on its back upside down against the wall. But, but you know, it, it's talk about the hamster on the wheel. You know, the, the work, 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 work. It's good to work as long as you're effective and it's something that you enjoy. Yeah. But yeah, you do need to take time out. You know, training people is important, and, and finding people um, who to work with you that have as much passion as you and and can carry the torch as well. Speaking of taking some time out, we're not doing it yet. However, (laughs) it's just false hopes. Folks, affiliateconvention.com coming up here in Denver, Colorado, June 17th through the 20th. You do not want to miss it. You still have time to go get registered for this. The deadline for free registration um, or free sponsorship uh, as an active working affiliate is June the 12th. You really want to make sure that uh, you, you get there, get signed up. 
and um, get your get, get you know give yourself the opportunity to get get sponsored and come for free. Why Absolutely. not? That's that's what this is all about. Yeah, live and learn from the best people. Absolutely. Uh, so, folks, make sure that uh, that you get signed up, get yourselves booked right away. Hotel uh, we're all staying at Hyatt Regency, right across the street from the convention center, Colorado Convention Center, downtown Denver. Four three six one two three four three zero three four two six one two three four. I didn't realize I knew that. <laughs> that was the number for the hotel. That's the number for the hotel. There you go. Uh, so, folks, yeah, we'll see you in Denver. We're going to have lots of wonderful networking events. We'll be smacking Whitey around, playing a little golf on uh, Wednesday the 17th. Uh, then we'll get to a little uh, mile high, uh, mile, mile high microbrews. Pour a frothy one. Yeah. Brasco likes his sound effects. Leave he him alone. Does. Uh, and again, we'll be having an affiliate bash, Webmaster Radio's affiliate bash, which is always an amazing event. Uh, we'll be having that on Thursday, June the 18th. Yeah. Uh, at the Lure Lounge, downtown Denver. Yeah. Uh, starting at about 9 o'clock. So okay. make sure that... Uh, Andrew Beckman's place. That's right. So mm-hmm. make sure that you guys are there early with bells on and a drinking fist ready to go. Two, because you'll be they're two, free. And you'll be two-fisting <laughs> it, I'm sure. Yeah, absolutely. Folks, that's going to do it uh, for this week's edition of Rainmaker. We are going to get on out of here because my girl has just gotten all silly giddy, at this point. Giddy and silly. Giddy and silly. Hey, I'm, Sean Chaney. I'm go- that's right. How you doing, Sean? Jesus. Sean, do you still listen to the show? If so... No, he does. He just hit me up. phone. Call he, Brandy. No, no, no. I just spoke to him. Oh, did you? Absolutely. Jesus Christ, Sean. That's why I said to hi to Sean. What's he, going on, Sean? He he gave us, you know, <laughs> he really liked the Alzheimer's show. Yeah. He liked last week's show. Yeah, yeah. He, he critiques wow. me. Like, yeah. you know, does he? Absolutely. Right. Well, you know. Sean, I, what can I say? Thanks for listening, buddy. Uh, wish we were going to see you in Denver. It's going to be a uh, heck of a good time. I agree. All right. We are going to get on out of here. I'm going to take this girl home. Folks, go enjoy the Tonys tonight. Uh, And if you're listening to this tomorrow, may you have taped them. If not, (laughs) you missed the Tonys. We'll see you next week, folks. Have a great one.